young people, but also it should be a refresher to those of us who've been in the field of employment for any extended period of time. I spent the last couple of years studying the subject with various uh, hiring individuals, managers, human resource personnel, just trying to figure out across diverse industries, what is the number one thing that you are looking for when you begin to interview college graduates for job placement? And the number one thing that they are looking for, we would think, is the college degree itself. Now, a college degree is what we would call hard skill development. That just simply means that I have gone through the necessary curriculum to develop the technological or the technical aspect of learning a particular science. We spent two years, we spent four years learning what the degree required. We graduated, and now we believe we are prepared because we have knowledge about a particular field of discipline. And that could very well be true. But the number one thing that employers are looking for, believe it or not, is not necessarily the college degree. Although that is overwhelmingly helpful, it's a hard skill. But the number one thing they are looking for is soft skills. The skills that an individual doesn't necessarily learn from a textbook. And you might ask, what is soft skills? Where they are connected to our personality, to our personality traits. But they are the simple things that we often overlook. Things like, how well do I communicate? How well do I listen? How well am I in terms of conflict resolution? What do I do in terms of being a team member? How do I operate when someone else is doing a job that I want to do? What kind of attitude do I embrace and portray? Am I prepared to do far beyond the context of my medial existence? For example, if I am an employee, am I prepared to receive an assignment that takes me international? Can I go to another culture and represent my employer, make the adjustment of whatever their cultural norms are, and can I sit down at the table or participate in the task at hand and bring about the necessary completion of the project, can I do that with a positive, productive attitude and then be able to have that individual, that company, send back to my company a positive report that your employer is quite ready, employee is quite ready and quite able to do not just work in your context, but international work as well. If it's true that we are now a part of a global economy, that means that I can not only just understand the importance of how to speak English, but am I willing to learn German because my company may have a subsidiary in Germany? Am I willing to learn, to learn Italian because we may end up going to Italy? Can I, can I learn the various languages? Korean, may I go to China? May I learn these other languages? Am I willing to adapt? That's another thing. Are we willing to become people who adapt, who's willing to change that they might not only just fit in, but they might succeed and make contributions as well? These are what they call soft skills. Now they argue you can't learn them textually. You can really only, only learn those on the job. Because in order to understand how to communicate with people, you have to be in a space where you are constantly communicating with people. In order to understand what conflict resolution really means, you can learn principles. But principles are no good unless they are applicable until you get into a context where you have to actually operate them and see where they are strong and where they are weak. And the challenge becomes, are we willing to make 
coming your little But you can't show up with your big hole. I know it's fashionable. But with your holes in your jeans, it just might not work on your job. I'm just having to help you. That's all I'm trying to do. It may not help you. It may not help you. Here's a big one now. Don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what I've learned. You gotta be careful about your tattoos. Because if you're in a certain job market, and you are exposed to certain cultures in terms of international business. That culture that your company happens to do business with may not look upon those tattoos with favor. And I'm just saying, when you talk about million dollars, ten million dollars, twenty million dollars, five hundred million dollar business deal, trust me, they will roll you out of that door so fast. It'll make your head spin. And it's all because I saw something on your neck that made me a bit. I'm just telling you what employers say. Okay? I'm just telling you what employers say. Now, you might argue, but I have a right to do whatever I want to do with my body. You are right. You did But I'm just saying, when you fill out the application and you tell someone else, I want to work in your establishment, this is something you might have to be aware of. Being clean and neat. I'm just telling you about some things that they're saying. I want to come by my employer's desk and there's papers all over the place and files stacked all up and his coffee spilled all and it's been there for the last six days. I don't want to see it. This is just what employers say. Who speak clearly politely, clearly, and politely, clearly, and politely, clearly, and politely, clearly, and politely, to their colleagues and to their clients as well as Who speak clearly. Good morning. How are you? Not what's up. <laughs> yeah, Adam. I'm just telling you. Listen, Ebonics will get you in trouble. It's okay in the street, but it's not okay in the context of.
because Nebuchadnezzar was looking among the Hebrews that he had taken captive. He was looking among even his captive some good individuals, A, who could obtain a good government job. Yeah, read the text. Go to chapter 1, and we're going to pick it up. Good government job, providing they have good soft skills that I can utilize them in my kingdom. Perhaps what could have been happening was that his immediate cabinet were perhaps getting older. Retirement may be on the horizon or something. Some may need to be terminated because they didn't do anything anyway. A family. He was looking for some people to replace those either in retirement or those who just need to be fired. That's a high probability. And where does he go? He goes to the youth of the crop. Young people. Look clearly at the text. In verse 4, he tells his chief of officials in verse 3, bring me some of the sons of Israel. And look particularly what he says. Some from the royal family and some who are of the family of nobles. In other words, find those who not only have good hard skills, that means they got good intellectual knowledge, but I want also those who know how to act professionally before dignitaries, before important business associates, Find me those as well. And the text says right there in verse 4 that he began to peruse among the youth and A, whom there was no defect. Now that doesn't mean that they had no issue at all, no problem at all. That meant that when you immediately look at them, you would come to the conclusion that they are a perfect fit. And whatever flaw you might see, they are workable individuals where we can help shape and mold. Young people, hear me clearly. Listen, trust me, because you got a college degree, you don't know everything. Just a few things. And I will guarantee what that employer is looking for is your willingness to say, I'm not familiar with that particular. I don't have any, any skill in the area. I've never been exposed to that. That says, ah, here now is a possible training individual that we can prepare. You're going to see that later in the text. We can prepare to get ready to do government work. So we look for someone who's not happy. Look at Who's good looking? I said that this morning, they didn't be like, good looking just simply means they present themselves fairly. By fairly, I mean everything is intact. Hair is in the right space. Clothes are properly pressed. Get your stuff nice and pretty. Won't nobody know that you're 
shopping nowadays, but we did it when I was growing up. You got your clothes out the night before. Now, what, what does that do? That helps. So when you get up the next morning, you don't lose time. You already know what you're going to wear. You put it on. You're ready to hit the road. When you get up, you don't know what you're going to wear. You stand in front of the closet. <laughs> And when you leave to go to work and come back, there's just clothes drop all around on the floor. You try to go to work, man, I can't wear that, man, that's too tight. Man, that don't fit right, just all over the place. And finally, it's five minutes before you do the work, you finally get on what you said you won't wear that day. Then you make your work. Hey, look, tell me I'm going to be a little late. I got him on my dinner feel good. <laughs>
Nebuchadnezzar, who is not only good-looking, but who shows intelligence in every branch of wisdom. Then he says, I want someone who's endowed with understanding and discerning of knowledge. So therein lies, once again, that critical soft skill of being able to conflict resolute as well as critically think. In the That's a big word these days. Everybody's talking about critical thinking and conflict resolution, which is both a pro and a con. It's a pro because we need someone to be able to decipher our difference. It's a con because it lets us know we probably got more differences than we do cooperation. That's not a good thing. Why is that important? Because we're coming upon various disciplines in our own country context where we're going to be short of personnel with certain professions. For example, I may mention this morning about nursing. If we continue to have the retirement of nurses and even those in the nursing industry who we haven't birthed young individuals to come to school to practice or learn nursing, we are looking at a crisis where perhaps in the next 20 to 30 years, we will have hospitals with sick people and not enough nurses. Now, you and I might not think that's a big deal because I guess now we are probably in pretty good health and strength. But remember, if we live for the next 20, 30 years, that's probably going to mean we're going to get not only older, but we're probably going to need more medical assistance. Who wants to lay in a hospital bed with no nurses to attend to the issues that you have? Let alone physicians. Let alone educators. So we are losing likewise teachers to retirement. And not enough young men and women are going to school to be teachers. And I can tell you why. I can tell you number one reason why. It's not because the kids are bad. Kids always been bad. That's not me. It's not because teaching is hard. Teaching has always been hard. It may have been a little less hard than it is now because we have this crazy paradigm that we work from. But it's always been a tough industry. But it's because as a nation, we have yet to understand to put a top value yep. on teaching. Amen. So I'm going to pay you through buying a $75 or a $200 ticket than to pay my teacher who needs to get at least sixty to seventy-five thousand dollars a year. That's just as an elementary school teacher because I am entrusting in his or her care a child who I hope will grow up and make positive contribution to a society that it might become a more progressive society as time has come. But if I'm not going to pay that individual, then they're not going to spend that time in a Interpreting dreams, which means he can see. 
See, verse 8, Daniel said, when the king offered his ration to be partaken of, and when the king offered his high dollar wine from the cellar that had been hanging out for the last 25 years, Daniel said, that's where I got to draw the line. Now, why, why would you deny a free meal every day and all day? Free wine every day and all day. Protection and housing and education. Notice, they, uh, Daniel didn't deny the education. He didn't deny the ruling board. But Daniel said, I refuse to take your food because we worship, we acknowledge different in terms of divine power. You get yours and give yours to a God who has no significance in my context. Ah, look at verse 8, look at it closer. I draw the line. Daniel says, if you are going to be a successful, productive, growing young man and woman who's just making their way into the job market, you do have to establish boundaries. There are some lines you just will not and David, David, I keep thinking about David, I do not know. Daniel says, I will take the education. I will take the free room and board. But I will not take the meal. Because what you offer to idols is an abomination to my God. See, look at verse 8. He says, but Daniel would not defile himself, criminal line, he made up his mind. There it is. There it is. Young people, you have got to establish boundaries, but they will only be worth anything if you make up your mind that you are not going to let anyone cross those boundaries. So much so that Daniel said to the commander, hey, listen, listen, let me offer you something. Because I believe in the God of my salvation, do me a favor. Let us only live off of vegetables and water. And the official said, man, I can't do that because, you know, if something happened to you, then my life is at stake. And you realize how long it took me to get this job? I can't let you put my stuff at risk because you're foolish and crazy. No, man, you're going to have to that. Daniel said, no, listen to me. Daniel says, Watch what he does. He puts God to the test. Daniel said, listen to me. Because Daniel stood for God, look at verse 9, he got favor and compassion with the official. Daniel said, listen, give me 10 days. That's all I need is 10 days. Now you know that you got the faith voice when you tell God, God, all I need is 10. Just give me 10 days. If you just give me 10 days and watch what Daniel says, give me 10 days and just look at how we look after the 10 days compared to all the others who eat the king's meat. Well, you read the text and the text says in verse 14, or let's just say verse 12, that Daniel told him to put me to the test. Verse 13, look at our appearance and tell me what you think. Verse 14, he listened to them and he tested them for 10 days. Verse 15, at the end of the 10th day, 10 days, their appearance seemed. 
If you go back and read verse 4, remember this is what the king was looking for. Good looking men, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed understanding, discerning, they have the ability to serve the king's court. Now, fast forward to verse 17, and look what happened. Text says, God gave all four youth once again knowledge and intelligence, which suggests they didn't really have it in the first place. But when they went to school, God gave them intellectual comprehension. So that now when they stand before the king, look at the text, let's look at it. God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. It's as if God said, you know what, because you're still with me, here's an extra blessing. Look at the next line. Then at the end of the days when the king had specified for presenting them, commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king talked with them. There it is now. Here it is. The king talked with them. And out of them all, no one was found like translation. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because they decided there were some things I was not going to forget. And what was that? They would not forget that the you to get to where you are going. 
you know why? Because we can blow those right out of the window. See, Texan, I can't really, I can tell you what I feel, but you can't sense what I feel. You can't tell. But if I hear you cover it up, I can see you. Then I can tell you covering it up. Or I'm covering it up. Snapchat, what is that? What do you do on Snapchat? You send messages. Yes. 